0: What happens after a pretrial conference? After a pretrial conference, there are many things that can happen. Keep in mind, the purpose of the pretrial conference is to get discovery, uh, which is an exchange of information, and to start to negotiate and discuss your case for a possible plea. So once that takes place, uh, there are several things that can happen, especially after the first pre-trial because there are normally a number of pre-trials. So one of the things that can happen after a pre-trial conference is a further pre-trial conference. Again, it's a process uh, about gathering information, discussing your case, um, uh, negotiating the the plea, if any, and talking about the strengths and the weaknesses of your case. So it's not at all uncommon. In fact, it's very common that you'll have several pre-trial conferences along the way. So that's the first thing. Another thing that can happen after a pretrial conference uh, is a motion date. That could be a motion to suppress or a motion to dismiss. And we've discussed those things in prior episodes. So it could be a motion date, a motion hearing date, that is. That involves uh, your attorney filing a written motion, and the next date would be for an oral argument uh, before a judge uh, with the Commonwealth in opposition to that motion. Another thing that could happen in, after a pre-trial conference is what's called a compliance and election date. Compliance and election date basically breaks down into those two categories, compliance and election. The compliance part is basically if we're trying to force the Commonwealth to produce information that we want and they are uh, opposing getting that information to us, we file a motion and we go before the judge and we say, we explain to the judge why it is we're looking for those pieces of information and why we think the Commonwealth should provide that to us. The Commonwealth, through the district attorney's office, will respond and say why they don't think they have to produce it, why perhaps it's not within their care and custody or in control, or perhaps it's uh, what we're we're asking for is overbroad and it's too much information, they can't gather it, or whatever it might be. So they they have some grounds, let's say, uh, to oppose that motion. Uh, If the judge rules in our favor and says, yes, Commonwealth, you must produce these items for the defense in order for them to prepare uh, their uh, case, uh the next time in is a a compliance so the court wants to make sure that the commonwealth is complying with that order so it's a court order commanding them to produce that evidence and the compliance is to force them to do so uh if they if they do not do so it can have um, uh, can have consequences consequences for them uh such as they can't use that information at trial uh, or if it's, a, if it's something that's vital to our case and they're just refusing to get it, we could ask for the case to be dismissed. Now, that's an extreme uh, remedy for a non-compliance on, um, on some sort of discovery issue, but it's not, uh, it's not totally impossible. So they need to follow the court's order, as everybody does, or face certain consequences. So that's the compliance part of compliance and election. And the election is whether we, we're going to elect to take the case to trial. That's another one of the uh, options that we have after pretrial is to take take your case to trial. It can be a trial by a jury uh, of six persons, which we would help choose from the community, and those persons would all have to be unanimous in their verdict, so all guilty or all not guilty. If we get even one juror that says not guilty, it's at least a hung jury uh, and it's a mistrial. The Commonwealth can refile and try to try to um, go forward on the case again. That's up to them, they have that option to do so. But sometimes if they've uh, gotten, gotten a hung jury the first time, perhaps resources are better put elsewhere uh, and they don't wanna put in the time and the effort to, uh, to retry a case that was not successful the first time around. So it's a jury trial or it could be a bench trial where a judge sitting alone is the fact finder. He or she is the one that says guilty or not guilty um, without the help uh, and assistance of, of the jury. So those are just some of the uh, uh, options, some of the events that could happen after a pretrial hearing. And another another one I should add is a disposition date. So, if we're not electing to go to trial, the question would be, what do you want to do as far as disposing of your case or wrapping it up? In other words, so do you? Is it would it be acceptable for you to take, let's say, probation on your case rather than risk taking it to trial and perhaps getting a jail term uh, or whatever it is? Uh, the options are are too great to try to list here because uh, the every case is different as every client is different. So again, those are some of the. Uh, events, some of the things that can happen after a pretrial conference in a Massachusetts criminal case. At Afford Law we practice criminal and family law throughout Massachusetts. Our fees are based on your income so that means that the less you make the less you pay for our services. We want to make sure that we're affordable for the hard-working men and women of Massachusetts so that they can be represented by experienced attorneys in both criminal courts and family law courts in Massachusetts. Feel free to visit us at affordlaw.org and feel free to book a free virtual appointment with me. I'd be happy to answer any questions you might have about any criminal or family law questions in Massachusetts. Because at Afford Law, we're making justice affordable. Thank you.